You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, you can make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. You can throw down all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props. Your betting options feel endless. Yeah, guys, you got UFC 279 happening in early September. Nate Diaz finally making his return back to the UFC. Hey, maybe put a flyer on that and maybe catch some early action to get some pretty good underdog odds on him right now. Uh, but best of all, DraftKings, it's safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Uh, just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 237 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? The wacky Wednesday, wild Wednesday here, almost there, folks. Couple more days, weekends around the corner. How you guys doing? Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, yeah, I'm back, folks. Back from the lake, a few days off. All oh, those days off were nice. Oh, it was so nice up at the lake. Weather was beautiful. Water was calm. Man, I'll tell you, hot, sweating. Go down to the beach, you'd hang out. You'd start, as soon as you got your sweat on, you'd run out to the lake. Go bobbing in the water for a while, then come back up, sit in the beach chair. It was like it was like one of those. You're sitting in the chair, you're all wet, and it's so hot out. Like in like three minutes, you're completely dry. Yeah, what <laughs> it was. Oh, it was hot, but no, I had a good time. Um, up there when we go up Thursday, came back Sunday. Yeah, um, yeah, up to the in-laws' cabin there. 
And, um, yeah, the brother-in-law and his wife and the two kids were there. So, yeah, I will, but there was, a, they have, like, the big, like, trailer and stuff set up in the back as well. So, um, it was just a small cabin, right? But, so my wife and I were in the cabin with the in-laws in the other bedroom there and the two bedrooms and the, and then, uh, you know, the brother-in-law and the kids and everybody wrote in the big, in the big trailer. Um, I was going to say I was a little jealous of them because they had big, you know, ACs bumping in the, in the trailer, but that cabin was hot as shit. The little oscillating fan in the bedroom wasn't cutting it. Um, but yeah, it's a little one bathroom, eight people. Eh, yeah. How about the third day? It was time, time to go. But, uh, no, I had lots of fun out there. It, uh, it was good. Um. Yeah, but oh, Saturday night, I'll tell you. I mean, the 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 brother-in-law is a hell of a cook, and I mean, he went to school as chef and all that. So he's, he's actually he's a trained chef. Doesn't do that anymore, but um, but when it comes to grilling, like yeah, it's his big his hobby, right? Smoking the meat and you know doing the pig and burying it and barbecuing and open pit stuff and and all that shit, right? Like when it comes to meat, the dude's a Picasso, right? And so Saturday night, oh man, we had wings. We had ribs and like fall off the bone ribs and he sat there open fire, sat there all afternoon drinking and cooking these things and we ate like king Saturday night. Oh, it was tremendous. Everybody had a bunch of booze. Everybody had the glow on and it was, just, yeah, it was just a good night. It was a good Saturday night and uh, yeah, and it was, uh, it was fun. It was, like I said, it's always nice to get away. I haven't had, I haven't had too much of an opportunity this summer. I did a lot of work and uh, so you know, to get away was, to get away was nice. So, but Hey, just because I was gone, I didn't leave you guys hanging. Um, I really want to thank you guys for the feedback on the episode. Of course I had recorded it earlier. Um, and the main topic for the last episode was Coaster or Ray in terms of power. And, uh, you know, I, it was brought up in the Facebook group. And, uh, I presented the, I went and looked through all the video, the TKOs. I looked up their TKOs, each guy, and then went and YouTube and reviewed them all in the video and, uh, and gave, uh, my, came back with my findings in the episode, last episode. And, uh, like I said, that's impartial as you're going to get. Um, and, uh, and I thank everybody for the feedback. It was cool. Um, yeah, but what are we going to talk about today, boys and girls? Um, well, before we get into anything, of course, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. And then, of course, my off-network friends, of course, I have Alec over at the Five for Fighting Podcast. And uh, he just recently, his latest episode is uh, with Talia Walleye Cole Fraser, uh, OHL alum. And, uh, yeah, definitely check that out as well. I always bust on Alec, but I will say he's got a tremendous back catalog. Rob, speaking of Rob Ray, Rob Ray, Frank Bialois, Jeremy Yablonski, uh, on and on. Uh, he does a great job over there. Also, and he's been getting this going, um, the Five for Fighting YouTube channel. I mean, everyone's on YouTube, so definitely go check it out, um, he basically got it going last year. Um, oh, he'd had it before, but he'd kind of, and he would put like little sound bites from his, from his podcasts up and, you know, but he wasn't really active on YouTube until he got really going into the East Coast League last year. And then he started uploading all the fights from last year's East Coast League season. It was a real strong season, man. 
Um, you know, there's some tough dudes in the East Coast League. And uh, I really enjoyed his videos. And uh, right now he's actually kind of just making some kind of highlight videos from the year, from the previous year of the kind of whatever you want to call it, the tougher guys in the league. And he's made an Anthony Collins, Travis Howe. Um, I know Kyle Newber is coming. Um, yeah, so those were those were kind of fun, you know, with his with his uh, heavy metal tunes there. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I was just really digging him. So yeah, I would recommend uh, definitely going to check out his channel. Hit the subscribe button. That would definitely help him out. Trying to get Alec to a thousand subscribers. I think he's at eight something right now. So if you could hit the little subscribe button, that would be tremendous. And while you're there, bounce on over to the fourth line voice. Check out my YouTube channel. Again, I have over 2,500 videos on there. Every NHL, OHL, AHL, blah, blah, blah. All the leagues are represented and everything's actually sorted. So whatever league you're looking for or player you're looking for, just type into the search engine. Boom, up they'll come. Also, if you could, it'd be lovely if you could hit the subscribe button as well. And, uh, yeah, it's the little things you can, you guys can do as viewers to help us out, to help us out as creators. And, uh, yeah, so there, there we go. Now what? Now what are we going to talk about? Um, well, uh, I got an enforcer signing and then I have, um, it was a while ago, and it was on the Hockey Podcast Network. It was on their YouTube channel, speaking of YouTube. Um, they would have things with Terry Ryan uh, when he was in his basement, and he would he would take fan questions over the afternoon. And uh, Terry Ryan Sr. happened to be over there. And one of the questions, I and this was, I don't know when this was. This was, it was like a bunch of months ago. Oh, it had to be half a year ago, I think, uh, if not a year ago that uh, this was up. And that's why I, I don't know how I remembered this, but um, I figured I would play you guys the soundbite. And my question was to Terry Sr., uh, who played in the OHL. Uh, he was the OHA back in the day. But I asked him, what was it like playing junior against Steve Durbano? And, uh, you know, and Terry Ryan Sr., of course, is his colorful self. So I have that soundbite of Terry Ryan Sr. answering my question. So we'll play that one. And then I got a list. Tim, I got a list. But uh, this one's actually going to be old William out there. He's going to be pumped with this one. It is the top five toughest Winnipeg Jets of all time. So, yes, we will... uh, like I said, I don't know what the list is. It was sent to me. They're like, Darren, you got to check this out. And I'm like, all right, I can do that. And uh, I am going to discover it with you guys, the listeners. So we will uh, discover the Winnipeg Jet list together. And no, William didn't make the list. Um, I don't know who made the list. I have to. I can't remember. I'll have when I go to my email and I open up the link. I will. Uh, I will reveal all that. Um, but yes, so we will have that. Um, I always say I'm not going to talk long today. Um, and then, you know, we're still hour and a half, uh, later, you know, we're still yapping. But, um, no, I don't think I will be talking too long today. Um, for one, my, uh, my throat's actually kind of sore. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a long, well, yeah, it's been a long, yeah, I just came back from holidays. Oh, it's been tough. No, actually, the last the the first two days back here, Monday and Tuesday, have actually been quite the grind at work. And uh, yeah, but um, regardless, no one wants to listen to me whine. We're all grinding out there, right? So yeah. Anyway, 
Let's get into this. Well, at the top of the show, we got to talk enforcer signings. We don't get to do this very often. But one of my personal favorites, and a, a, a dude that I consider, if you ask me right now who is the toughest man in hockey, I would say Brett Gallant. And I, Ryan Reeves and the boys, I think, are very lucky that Brett Gallant is not in the NHL. I wish he was in the NHL. He had a brief chop there with the Islanders a couple games. Uh, after Matt Cassie and how badass Brett Gallant is. Um, one of the baddest dudes. And uh, from all accounts, I mean, my interactions have just been through um, DM, D, uh, DMs and stuff. So I've never verbally talked to him. But him and I have had some nice back and forths uh, privately. Um, I know people that, that know him, and he's like supposed to be like the nicest dude ever. And I am a huge fan of him and his brother, Alex. Uh, but Brett Gallant has signed, re-signed a one-year contract with the Cleveland Monsters of the American Hockey League. So that is great news, um, especially in this day and age. Um, you know, and with him and being in a veteran spot, good on you, Cleveland. That also, I think, speaks to the character of Brett Gallant. And, um, yeah... He didn't fight very. I don't. Even, I don't think he had just a couple fights last year. But um, it would be a learning experience to those that fought him. Um, I don't. I don't know how old he'd be. About thirty-three, I think. Thirty-two, thirty-three. So, um, but yeah. So that's cool. One more. Hey, you know, if anything, you got one more year in the. You know, making some American Hockey League money. So good on you, Brett Gallant. So I, I was pumped to see that today. Actually, I knew about that. So he told me about that about a month ago. And uh, I didn't want to announce it or anything. I didn't want to get anybody. Or did I announce it on this channel? I'm thinking, oh shit, maybe I did announce it. I don't think I did. Because um, I didn't know if it was public knowledge. Well, I knew it wasn't public knowledge when he told me. So I didn't want to cause any problems. So I didn't say anything. But uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I saw today that it came out officially. So that's cool, man. Um, yeah. Massive fan of Brett Gallant. I mean, you know, like I would say, um, you know, I always wish that he would have got more NHL time. Uh, but regardless, his name is in the book. He made it. Uh, would he play three games, four games, something like that? But um, yeah, man, what a badass dude! I would love to have. Um, I have some of his junior stuff. Uh, thank you, Yuka, who put that together. And but man, it'd be nice to get some of his maritime stuff too, back at Summerside and stuff. And, uh, yeah, tough dude. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, great fight with, uh, Brian McGratton in the preseason. Like that was in Saskatoon, actually, that fight. Uh, it was, a, I know, or was it in Regina? I can't remember now. It was, um, it was one of those neutral site, uh, preseason games. Um, but yeah, it was a great tilt. And, um, and that was like right Brian McGratton's like, you know, prime, right? And, Gallant's just like right there with him and it was just like holy shit yeah this guy's legit man but um there we go Brett Gallant Cleveland monster for one more year anyway um yeah here I'm gonna I'm gonna queue up that thing like I talked about um it was uh Terry Ryan Sr. Uh, talking about Steve Durbano here I'm gonna hit pause on this for a second just get it loaded up here on my phone so playing to the microphone uh okay senior what was it like playing junior against Steve Durbano? Absolute lunatic. <laughs> one of the <laughs> one one of the three people. I, I've always said this many times on podcasts that when I was on the ice with Durbano, you'd have to know 
where he was at all times because he was the type of player that could break your neck and just skate away from you. He, uh, one night in particular that's, it's vivid in my imagination. We were in Maple Leaf Gardens and they always sold out. In those days, the Marlies had like Shut Gardner Harris, uh, Durbano, Mike Murphy, Barrett, uh, Wayne Dillon. Oh, they were just loaded. And, um, my buddy, uh, Eddie Gilbert, who was, was from Hamilton, but a lot, a lot of the guys when he went out on the ice would talk Durbano up, of course, like you would. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Wait, uh, wait, it, the first Google search, the first sentence, known for his villainous behavior. Absolutely. I have never good, seen good, that. Good, in a hockey. good adjective, villainous, yeah. <laughs> and yep. he says, Ed, how you doing? All good to see you, Steve. We were on a power play. So I was at center, and they moved Eddie. Eddie would go to the left side. Durbano uh, played. I'm, I'm pretty sure Durbano, while well, he played both positions, but mostly right defense. And uh, the puck was dropped. And Durbano speared him so badly, Eddie came in at the end of the period and said, no, if he looks at me, took up, raised his jersey, and there was a spear mark from his belly button right up to his shoulder blade. He speared him all the way up right after saying, Ed, good to see you, buddy. How you doing? That's Steve Durbano. He was uh, bought. A really, really good hockey player. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he was a first-round pick for the St. Louis of the Rangers. When he wanted to play, he shot a bullet. He was. He was Rangers. He was 13th overall. He was tough. He was everything, but he was a lunatic. And to make the ironic part, his father, Steve uh, Nick Durbano, owned the Hamilton Red Wings. He was my GM and owner. And he'd always talk about Steven. And I remember being in, this is a long harangue, but there's a, a point to it. Nick invited me to his, one weekend we were off, he invited me to his house in Toronto, real nice shack. And I slept overnight, I get up in the morning, Steve comes to the table to have cereal. I'm there with Nick and his wife. He says, Stephen, I'd like you to meet Newf, Terry Ryan. He's eating his cereal. He looks up. I put his head down, ate his cereal, walked away. Now he he passed after he it's like had a, a heart, had massive heart it's attack. Like a, a Wild West movie. Well, character. I mean, he got he got busted for heroin. He did like I think seven years in jail. Wow. Yeah. He, and he he married a stripper in St. Louis, and she poisoned his dogs. Good and, God, why isn't this oh, a movie? It's like oh, it was unbelievable. Apparently, it straightened himself out. And then died of a heart attack. His body, I guess, was just worn out. But Steve Verbano, lunatic. Hard life, getting 400 yeah. minutes a year. Absolutely. 402. Back Absolutely. when it was, back then as well, they let you away with so much. Absolutely. You know, the, the Wild, Wild West, it was the days the Philadelphia Flyers were just and starting by the way, to come in. By the way, the guy who just asked you that question is the fourth line voice. He's the guy we watch all the YouTube. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. So we watch a lot of those fights. Yes. Darren. Yes. Uh, a lot of your stuff. I mean, we're. Big, I hope I answered. I, I harangued a bit, but it's a good. Now you know why he was a lunatic. And there we go, Terry Ryan, senior, talking to Steve Durbano. Yeah, and, uh, 
back-to-back 300-minute uh, seasons of the Ontario League. Terry Ryan Sr., uh, 44 goals in his final junior season in the Hamilton Red Wings. So, hell of a player. Um, but yeah, Steve Durbano. And like Terry Ryan said, there, that is a movie right there with that guy. Yeah, the... Um, it's a real, it's a real sad story with Steve Durbano. Um, I know it's off the top of my head. I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was TSN, but somebody did like a seven part podcast documentary kind of on Durbano. And, uh, I've had a number of people tell me to listen to it. Uh, you could be in the last one and I keep meaning to do it. Um, I heard it's really, really good. It's a, uh, it's a mul- I shouldn't say it's multiple parts anyway. And, uh, I mean, I know the story and everything else, but yeah, I would like to hear, uh, I'd like to hear more of that, but yeah, what a character. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, back then seventies and stuff, there's the footage just sort of hit and miss on them. There's some stuff out there. Um, but I mean the crazy, you know, attack and, oh, I mean the fight, in the penalty box and everything else, he moons the crowd and. Ah, uh, yeah, what a what a character wearing the spaceballs helmet, and then when he had the helmet on, he had like that the comb over kind of. He looked like the the, <laughs> the he looked like every uh, janitor from every horror movie of the eighties ever. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so Derby Steve Durbano. Um, so yeah, that was on the uh, uh, it was a video off the Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube channel with uh, Terry and his dad uh, in the basement just answering fan questions. So, um, yeah, I wanted to share that with you guys. Um, oh, I forgot to mention this also. Well, I've been mentioning it a bunch of times every week, but uh, I'm finally getting around to do it. I did the bracket last night. Um, the 6th Annual Bob Probert Invitational Tournament. Of course, if the new listeners there are listening, what is this guy talking about? Well, every, well, six years, so for the last five years... Um, uh, it's a Twitter tournament, and uh, basically it's like, you know, March Madness, you know, the 64-14 bracket. Um, well, with this, I just took 64 NHL's tough guys, and, uh, you know, and over the, I mean, you'll have your, you know, your coasters and your brubies and your twists, you know, your, you know, your guys that are there every year that, in the tournament. But I also tried to add, like, different guys. You know, there'd be a, a rotating cast of 15-20 that I'd switch up every year, and... Um, yeah, I just, there was no rhyme or reason to who I was picking. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, you know, obviously throwing in, you know, you know, whatever Joe Blow, you know, but I mean, yeah, 64 of the toughest dudes and, uh, and then basically we just vote and, uh, each, each day is a different round and, uh, you know, when you, you go on and, uh, yeah, and, it, and it's just fun. It, it lasts, uh, what is it, 11 days, I believe it lasts. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just, uh, it's something I like to do in the summer. Normally, I would do it earlier in August. Um, but just with everything that's been going on, I haven't had a chance to. But uh, I kind of just do it when there's no hockey going on. And, uh, you know, just to get people talking. And, uh, you know, just and and talking tough guys and... Uh, you know, and, and for the most part, everybody's pretty respectful. Yeah, you always get a friggin' goof in there now and again. But, I mean, you know, like I said, my I have no problem blocking people this time of year. Uh, if you're going to talk stupid, out you go. So, um, and I know it's been brought up, because um, I, I do mention the tournament on Facebook, and I posted the, the well, see, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I, I finally got around to doing the bracket last night, and I posted it up on my social media, 
and I put it up on Facebook, and I've had a bunch of people, oh, what is this, what is this? And I'm like, well, create, go to Twitter, and oh, I'm not on Twitter. Well, okay, but create a Twitter account. You can just be the anonymous egg, ABC123, fourth line voice on Twitter. And, um, yeah, just stick around to vote and then cancel your, your, your account then. Um, you know, but, um, what I would like to do though is, and that's the big thing with the term, like I always say with the term, I don't care who wins and I don't, that, that's meaningless to me. I don't give a shit about that. I just enjoy the fact that people are talking about these guys for a week and, um, and it's, it's turned out to be immensely popular, um, on social media. Um, I know the first couple Probert Invitationals, it was actually trending on Twitter, uh, for a few of the nights. And that, my account was getting hundreds of thousands of impressions. Um, pe- like I said, people were really into it. And, uh, and it was just fun. And, uh, it's also fun when the ex-players get involved. And they comment about things. And, and it's cool. And, and like I said, for the most part, people are respectful and, you know, and have a good back and forth. And, oh, I think he'd win and whatever. Oh, he's a lefty. I think he'd have trouble. And, you know, and it's just, it's just fun. It's just a fun time. And, uh, um, the reason I do it, to be completely honest, is one, it's like basically promotion for the, for my account, for my social media accounts. Uh, cause I pick up, I pick up a lot of followers from doing these tournaments. Um, I've always said that's the big reason why my uh, Twitter account kind of air quotes blew up in the first place. Not that I have hundreds of thousands of followers, but at the time I had maybe six, seven, eight hundred. And by the time the first tournament was done, I was almost close to 2000, um, because people just really got into it. And, um, and it's kind of steadily grown from there. I, I don't know how many followers I have, 6,700 now or something, but, um, yeah, and it, and it's sort of grown over the, over the years, and uh, so it's it's a really good uh, sort of advertisement for the for my channels, and uh, and and then like I said, and coming with that, I hope people oh this guy's got a podcast too, and then they start listening, and away you go, you get a new listener. So that's the whole point is basically advertising, um, and then I have fun doing the tournaments obviously as well, but it's advertising for myself and. Um, and also content for the show, because what I'm, this is why I'm being, I haven't, oh, Saturday, we're going to do the tournament starts. Um, I want to do a preview show where we go down, I've done it every year for the last three or four anyway. Um, we go down each matchup in the first round and, and just talk about the guys and, and maybe give, oh, I think so-and-so would win or but for the most part, it's just talking about the guys and whatever. And oh, with this matchup and stuff like that, and um, I've had different guys do it over. Most of the time, it's been Steve from when Probert was King dot com. Um, I had Dave on from the History of Hockey Fights. Dave, I hope you're doing all right out there. Been a long time, man. I wish you'd come back. I'd love to hear from you again. Um, I had him on. Um, I think I did it solo once, which isn't very fun. <laughs> you know, it's kind of it's kind of one of those shows that you like to bounce off guys. Um, so I have talked to a couple gentlemen and I'm hoping the two of them will do it so we can get a kind of a round table, like three guys on talking about it. Um, I have yet to hear back from either of them. I just said, I just told them like this morning, I sent out the text. So, um, so, and I'm sure I'll hear from them tonight, if not tomorrow. Um, and hopefully, you know, people's schedules will work out. I believe they're both on the East Coast. So, you know, time wise, they'll be the same. I think they're both in New York, actually. Um, so I would like to record with them. 
I, I, I want it to be next Wednesday's episode. I want it to be the preview show. And then next Saturday, you know, I was a Saturday high noon. Um, first round will start. So that is my goal. And, uh, we, we shall see. I mean, um, like I said, I, I'm sort of, uh, I need to talk to the two guys that I want to have on. Um, yeah. So next Wednesday to be the 31st. Um, that's when the preview show will happen. And then, so I guess it will be September 3rd is when the, uh, tournament will begin, um, in a perfect world. Um, oh, actually that's, that it's going to have to be that way. Uh, if these two guys, um, if one guy can't, I mean, we'll have to soldier on and either, and if either of them can do it, um, you know, I'll have to throw out an invite to, to a couple other guys and, uh, we'll, we'll get on with it. Yeah, because I, I definitely want to get that going. Um, I know I've been kind of promising it. So, to, I mean, hell, I was talking about it at the end of July. But the thing was, it was to get, I mean, it was not only to get somebody to do the preview show with me, uh, but then it was also to each day, you know, you got to do the matchups and put the the graphics out. And it's a whole rigmarole for the week and a half. Um, it's not just, oh, here's two names, vote. Um you know, I put in graphics and do all that horse shit. So, um, oh, I, was, I think I cut myself off. The, I've been asked why I don't do it on Facebook. And in, to be completely honest, I actually think, because uh, I think I talked about this before, I talked about wanting to do the tournament. I wanted to try it out on Facebook because I actually think, maybe not, but I think it would be bigger on Facebook these days. Um, it's hard to say. I might be up my ass. Um, but, uh, Facebook, I can't find out how to do polls. And if you could do voting polls, it's like, you can't add graphics. It's just sort of in type only, which I mean, it would work, but I like having the little graphic up as well with the pictures of both guys and, and and that type of thing. So I don't know. I, I think I'm just going to stick to Twitter, um, for now, um, it's hard to say. I, I might do the mine because after this tournament, I'm going to wait a couple weeks, probably maybe till the end of September. Um, you know, maybe probably getting into the beginning of hockey season. But um, I want to do the minor league mayhem tournament, which I always enjoy as well. Actually, I probably enjoy the minor league tournament more than all of them. Actually, I know I do. Um, and that one I'd like to do on Facebook, but again. Um, I'm going to have to find out about the polls and the graphics and all that stuff. I don't think you can do it though. Um, cause I looked into it one night and I tried a bunch of different things and it wasn't really working. Um, but I think I would, I would actually much rather do the polls on Facebook these days to be completely honest. Um, but we'll see how it goes on Twitter. Um, like I said, some days are kind of hit and miss. Um, was it, I think it might've been last year. Um, I, I really thought it would do better than it did. Um, there, I mean, they're certainly not as strong as the first couple years. The first two or three Probert tournaments, the first two probably especially were huge and, uh, they've been strong every year and I'm just happy people vote and it's all cool. But, um, yeah, the more, the better, obviously. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but I think this one will be on Twitter and, um, 
yeah, I hope you guys all get out and vote. And uh, you'll, and, I mean, regular listeners, you'll see it. It'll be next Wednesday. We're going to do the preview show. Um, uh, and then Saturday we'll do uh, the voting. So the Bob Probert 6th Annual, looking forward to it. But uh, all right, in the meantime, here we go. The, the uh, main event, the five toughest Winnipeg Jets. Here, hold on. I got to click through here and open up my stuff. They, um, yeah. Uh, w- William's just on the edge of his seat now there, old William Chip away there. Big time, long time Jets fan. I hope he didn't make this list. We'll see here. All right, here. Hey, Darren, this is a list of the original toughest five Winnipeg Jets. From the original franchise from 1979 to 1996, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, This was from a message board. Facebook group, Jets Nation. Has anybody, I don't know any of this. I don't know what this group is or what it is, but I I don't know if he said there's an article or they just, as a group, they decided this was the toughest. Um, Really doesn't say anything more than that. Just says from Jets Nation group. Here is the top five toughest original Winnipeg Jets. All right. So I don't I don't know what that I don't know what Jets Nation's is, Nation is. You guys got to help me out. I don't know if it's a, a web or it doesn't really matter. Whatever if it's still around or what it is. But anyway, apparently that's where this guy got this from. Um, like I said, I have a few people that uh, send me emails, uh, send me links through the emails from the from the list that we've done over the the last year and a bit here and. Um, Initially started, I was finding some lists, and then I had a couple of guys like, oh, I got this one too, and then they would send me a bunch. And then, <clears throat> as I always say with the lists, um, I just, hey, thanks for sending them, and then I just kind of put everything in a folder, and uh, I don't read them. And then I open them up on the air, because then my reaction is uh, genuine to, uh, you know, as, as I'm finding it, like I always say, I'm finding it out as you, the listeners, are. So, and we'll discover this together. On one hand, I like doing it that way. On the other hand, it's unfortunate because I don't really have any, I mean, I, I'll, I'm assuming I will know about the people mentioned and I can kind of, you know, wander through it and talk about the guys. And yeah, I'll know them and I've seen some of their fights, but I can't like give you their Wikipedia page because I don't know who's going to be on the list, right? So I have no, I can't research anything. I mean, I suppose I could hit pause and, Go research it, but who has time for that? So, um, so I will do my best with uh, with the knowledge I have of whoever gets named, and uh, we can kind of go from there. But uh, I always enjoy the list, and, I, and I've always said, to be completely honest, I always kind of hope the lists are shitty because they're just funnier that way. So, uh, um, yeah. But let's get into this. All right, from Jets was it Jets Nation or whatever that? Yeah, Jets Nation Facebook. I don't even know if it's a Facebook group or a .com site or whatever the hell, a vlog, a blog, podcast, whatever it happens to be. Anyway, it's from the 1970, the original Winnipeg Jets team, 79 to uh, 96. So let's get into it. Top five, or the five toughest. Here we go. Number five. Scroll down. Dave Manson. Mm, all right. Played 139 games, had... 395 minutes of penalties. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like Dave Manson and everything. Uh, you know, tough enough guy. Uh, 
Um, I think at that point in his career in Winnipeg, I don't think he really even fought. I'm trying to think. I Manson was never a huge volume fighter to begin with. Um, I know some people out there uh, put him up on it some kind of on kind of this like, oh, he was super tough and fought all the time. No, he didn't. Even when he was in Chicago, putting up all the pims and stuff, a bunch of the pims. Not he wasn't a massive fight guy. Um, and like you know, physical guy, tough enough guy. Uh, had the you know, kind of had the little bit of a crazy side to him, and I think he had the had a few people guessing about what was going on because I know he was suspended a whole bunch of times right early on in his career. Um, so he kind of had that unpredictability thing. Um, but in terms of when actually the gloves came off and it came down to fighting, yeah, I mean, he was okay, tough guy, but I mean. You know, contrary to some people's belief, I'm like, he wasn't a top 10 guy in any point of any year or anything like that. But, um, yeah, as far as, and then later on in his career, he, he really didn't fight that much at all. So, um, I don't know how many fights he had as a jet. It cannot be many. I would say it's a handful. Um, and none of them are, I mean, well, here we go. The first to hear the first one's a dud right out of the gate. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't tell you any memorable Dave Manson Winnipeg Jet fights, if there are any. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, I like Dave Manson and everything, but no, I would not have him on a toughest Jets list, but okay. I mean, I think that's more of a history, like, you know, oh, he was tough and crazy in Chicago, so we'll put him on the Winnipeg list, you know, I, I think that's more of, I think more of, that's more of reputation pick than anything else. Not for what he did in Winnipeg, but in my opinion. But like again, I don't know if this was like a group vote or the, a writer's vote or a particular author. I don't know. Um, but Darren from the fourth line voice would not have Dave Manson on a Winnipeg Jets best fighter list. But there we go. Number four, Jim Kite. Well, that's a good pick. Um, Jim Kite played 399 games, 772 minutes. Um, well, they listed him at having 38 fights with the Jets. First round pick with the Jets. Had over 35 career majors with the Winnipeg. That's funny. 400 games, 38 fights. I thought he would have had more fights than that. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, Jim Kite was a first round pick of the Ontario League. Um, big guy. I know there's always, oh, good night, Jim Kite. You know, the punchline. And, and hey, let, I mean, we've all seen the coaster knockout and stuff. And, um, and the Ray one. I mean, Kite took... Kite was on the receiving end of some some stiff beatings, you know. Dave Brown in the Battle of Alberta, that one, oh, that one's ground and pound and whatever. But um, one thing I think uh, that um, that can't be taken away from Jim Kite was just his tough toughness. He was a tough guy, big guy. I think he was six five, six four, six five, uh, lanky. But when he first came up and hit. Um, the thing was, is back then, that was the early to mid-80s, um, you know, everything, especially in the, out here, um, everything was Calgary and Edmonton. I mean, they were the kind of, you know, obviously Edmonton with the dynasty. Um, so they were sort of the NHL darlings, and especially in Canada, you know, out east. It was always the Leafs out east in Montreal, of course. But in the west, of course, it was always Calgary and, and Edmonton. And Winnipeg was sort of like, you know, the you know the forgotten stepchild over in the corner. Um, you know, and the Jets were... So, Ah, uh, they had a couple good teams over the, you know, Howard Chuck. They had a couple runs, but of course they'd always end up playing the Oilers and getting smoked or whatever, but in the playoffs. But, um, 
a lot of the stuff, a lot of the Winnipeg stuff, nobody saw, right? Because it was just, you know, they're out in the middle of Western Canada and no TV unless they're playing the Oilers. And, um, you know, a lot of that stuff was, I mean, thankfully a couple Winnipeg Warren and a couple guys were around to get some of it. But um, a lot of Kite stuff, he kind of went under the radar. And uh, he had some great fights with McSorley, Dave Brown. He dropped Brown. Caught Brown. Um, him and Brown had a hell of a rivalry. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and uh, of course, Kite, I don't know if, I, I'm assuming people know, but if you don't, um, he is de- legally deaf, um, played with hearing aids. Um, so, I mean, that, you know, to overcome that and to be a first-round pick and to, you know, played, I mean, he had a hell of a long NHL career. I mean, well, he played, what is it, 399 games with Winnipeg. And, of course, then he went on and played in, San Jose and Pittsburgh, and so obviously he played four, five, six hundred NHL games. So um, he had a hell of a career. Then played in the minors for a long time. Um, he was vicious in the minors too. Like if you watch that old Las Vegas Thunder shit in the IHL, like, you watch go watch Jim Kite in the IHL. Dude, the fucking bad motherfucker, man. He uh, he was mean too, and uh, wide open. I don't know. I'm, like I said, I know he can kind of be the punchline to jokes and stuff like that, but I mean. I, I'm down with Jim Kite. I dig Jim Kite, man. He was cool. Um, and by all account, doing great. After I've talked, like I said, I've had back and forth with him on Twitter. Um, I know he's not a big fan of modern hockey. He's and he's vocal about that, and he likes tough old time hockey. He's got no problem with the tilts. Um, very open about the coaster fight. He 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 has said in an interview that he wasn't the same fighter after the coaster fight. Um, yeah, he's made he's made mention of that. Um, he's actually now the He's a dean of a of school of the deaf in Ottawa. Um, I know he's the dean though, um, so he's done quite well, successful after life after hockey. And uh, but uh, saw him. Where did I see him? It was an alumni thing, but he looks good. And um, yeah, man, I'm hey, I'm down with Jim Kite. That's a good pick. I definitely I would have had him on my five too for sure. Um, number three, <laughs> Sean Cronin. There you go, Cronin the Barbarian. Yeah, I'd have him on mine too. Um, 193 games, uh, 703 penalty minutes, had over 60 fights with the Winnipeg Jets. Really? 60, yeah, 20, including a 27 fight season. Yeah. Wow. Six, 63 fights and 193. I didn't realize Cronin fought that much. Um, again, it's not like I have Sean Cronin player DVDs or anything, but oh yeah, Cronin the Barbarian. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it was, it was one of those guys. I mean, I think, because right in the, in the kind of that early 90s period there when he was in Winnipeg is when I was in high school and we were doing goon drafts and everything else back then. And uh, I don't know what it was, but I, I think we always sort of kind of made fun of Cronin, um, you know, whatever, not knowing any different. But I mean, um, yeah, big, big dude, um, like really wide, thick, uh, uh, wore the Jofa there. And uh, yeah, he was... Um, I, I, I think he fought Dave Brown, like, didn't he fight Brown, like, eight times or something? Him and Brown fought all the time, and, um, I know he, I know Brown got him, um, and I know it's, actually, I think I, I just, what, I just watched that for some reason, I don't know what I was doing, but in the last couple weeks, I watched a Brown-Cronin fight, it was just a quick one at center ice, and they're kind of going toe-to-toe real quick, and the Brown catches them, um, but I know Cronin caught Brown, too, I think, I want to say Cronin dropped Brown in Philly. Um, they got up and kept fighting, I think, or the refs came in or something. It wasn't like anybody was like knocked out in line there, but 
Um, I know Cronin, most of the time, I think they would fall down right away because I think Cronin's balance wasn't very good. But um, he, he was greasy, man. But, I mean, he fought everybody. Uh, his fight card's really solid. Um, to be completely honest, I didn't realize he fought that much in Winnipeg. Um, I know his NHL career. Um, what they, how many games did they say he played? 193. Um, I'm trying to, he couldn't have played much more than that. He had to have played maybe two something total. Cause I'm trying to think what he played Philly, San Jose. Those are the two teams he played for. And I, I don't think either stint was really long. So I don't think he could have played that much more, uh, in terms of the NHL. But hey, man, I'm, I, I don't know what it was though. There was something about Corona. He, uh, um, I, I, I don't want to, he amused me. I don't want to say like he was some court jester or anything. I, I don't mean it in a disrespectful way like that, but for some reason, you know, when you're, you know, you're, you're younger and you kind of have your, your tough guy. I, how do I put this? I don't mean to, I don't mean it to sound like this. I don't mean it to sound rude, but you know how everybody has their, all the fight fans out there listening. Well, everybody's a fight fan that's listening to the show or else you wouldn't be listening to it. You know how we all have, what do you call it? Um, Oh, son of a bitch, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Guilty pleasures. You know how we all, all of us have guilty pleasures? I would say Sean Cronin might be a guilty pleasure of mine. And no disrespect to Sean Cronin. And if he's listening, hey. Actually, there, I'd love to get him on the show. I, I'd be down with Sean Cronin interview. That'd be cool. Cool as shit, man. That, hell, Jason Goulet, old Goose. That's, uh, that was Goose's favorite player growing up. I know Goose is listening, so. Um, the, there you go. Number three, Sean Cronin. Um, I would have him on my list as well. All right. Number two on the top five, Winnipeg Jets, best fighters. Oh, I see what you did here. Ty Domi and Chris King combination. All right. Um, yeah, because I mean, they're sort of linked together as they came over in the trade from the Rangers. Um, 161 games for Domi, 260 games for King. 92, yeah, 92, 93. Yeah, they came over about halfway through the year, um, basically to protect Solani. And, uh, and they blew up. Winnipeg blew up at that point. I know they went on a hell of a run when they got there. Didn't they win like 13 or 15 straight games or something? Um, the, yeah, they had a massive impact on the Winnipeg Jets, both Chris King and Ty Domi. And, um, I'll say again, ninety two, ninety three. You know, we're uh, you know, it's right in high school. I think I was a senior. Um, yeah, and I mean, I had a few fight tapes at that point and everything else. And I remember watching Domi because, of course, when he was at the Rangers and the whole Probert thing and blah 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 and all that. Um, I I never liked Domi at that point. I was like, who is this clown? Like, because um, again, he was a, he was an OHL guy, so we never I never saw him in junior. Um, other than the Memorial Cup here when he was with Peterborough and he fought Kevin Kaminsky when, when the, the Saskatoon Blades, uh, hosted the Memorial Cup that year. And, uh, Pete Domi was here with Peterborough and, uh, when they played the Blades, um, him and Kevin Kaminsky had a great fight down in the corner. Um, for those listening, if you haven't seen it, again, fourth line voice on YouTube, type in Domi and Kaminsky. I have it right from the game tape. Excellent footage. Um, great fight. Um, but other than that, I didn't really know anything about Ty Domi. I know he, you know, and then, you know, I know he came up the lease briefly and whatever. But, you know, he started playing with the Rangers. And I remember getting a fight tape, and he's on there a bunch of times. And I'm like, I don't, like, he fights Byers, and he fights Baumgartner, and 
Dave Brown, and he's fighting a bunch of guys. He's just getting and he's basically just getting the shit kicked. Like you're not going to injure him or drop him. I mean, did Ty Domi ever get dropped? I don't think so. But I mean, he'd just get the you know punched, slapped around, and then but then on the way to the box, he'd be doing the speed bag and all this shit. And I remember thinking, who is this clown? You got beat up. And you're doing the speed bag. So I was never a Ty Domi fan, but. He really came into his own in Winnipeg. I'll give him full marks for that. And um, I really turned the corner on Domi in Winnipeg. Um, I became a full-fledged Domi fan when he was in Toronto. Um, not that I'm a Leaf guy or anything, but I just got to see him more. Because uh, at that point, my, Mike and I, my buddy Mike and I were living together, and he's a massive Leaf guy. But every, you know, every hockey net in Canada, because we didn't have like center ice or satellite or anything, but hockey net in Canada with the Leafs, right? Um, you know, we'd all be pre-gaming before the bar. At the, and uh, back then, Domi would, it seemed like Domi would fight every Saturday night. And yeah, we just became mass. And then, of course, as I got more tapes and whatever, um, I just became a bigger and bigger Domi fan. But outstanding fights in Winnipeg. Um, yeah, you know, uh, just Sandy and all those guys, you know, like I said, tremendous. Um, and then Chris King, I mean, he had been around for a while at that point, but, um, again, smaller guy, um, would really play physical, um, was a hitter in terms of fighting. He was a good number two, like, you know, he was a middleweight guy. Um, but a solid, you know, wingman, whatever you want to call it, Batman and Robin, um, but he stayed around Winnipeg a little longer than Domi afterwards. But, I mean, again, Chris King wasn't going to... Like, he went up and fought his fight card solid. I mean, he fought heavyweight guys as well. Uh, but he was more of a middleweight guy. Um, I, you know, again, no disrespect. But I don't think the Proberts and Twists of the world were not intimidated by Chris King. But, um, but again, to ride shotgun with Domi. Um, but like I said, physical guy would hit, get in there. Um... You know, he'd fight the Reichel, the Warren Reichels of the world and that type of thing. Neil Wilkinson's and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a duo. And, and like I said, what a, what a, sh- a shock to the system to Winnipeg that they created. And, uh, I'm actually really surprised. I would have had them at number one to be, well, I mean, I get the combo thing. I would have had tied only at number one as I'm sitting here thinking about all time Jets fighters. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll see who number one is. That might, I might change my answer, but, um, I can see why they put them together. I get the gimmick thing for the, for the story. But, yeah, absolutely. In terms of toughness, um, yeah, they turned that franchise around and went on a real solid run. And, and like I said, Ty Domi, Ty Domi became Ty Domi in Winnipeg. And, uh, yeah, I could see that. Okay, here it is. Uh, let's see. Moment of truth. Uh, so. Of the original Winnipeg Jets franchise, the number one fighter is. <laughs> All right. <coughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Keith the Chuck. Uh, all right. Well, they didn't put any. Now. All right. Uh, Keith the Chuck played. 308 games with the Winnipeg and under the Winnipeg Jets and 792 penalty First round pick, 19th overall. Um, had 24 fights with Winnipeg. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, power forward, obviously great player, solid talent. Um, you know, immediate impact when he came to Winnipeg. Him and Solani were really good together. Um, I 
on a personal note, I was never a Tuchuk fan. Um, I was just kind of thought he was dirty and just whatever. Um, but I never denied that he wasn't a good player. He was a great player. Um, but yeah, there was always something about him I just never liked. But, you know, power forward-ish kind of type guy. Um, yeah, no, he was, I shouldn't say that. He was a power forward guy. Um, he did do some fighting. I don't know how many career fights he had in total, but if he had, I don't know if he had 24 with the Jets and 300 games, yeah, so I probably, he probably ended his career with 40, 50 fights, give or take. So, yeah. Um, yeah, um, that really threw me off. I was actually expecting it to be like Jim Man, Jimmy Man, or, geez, I'm trying to think who else, yeah. That's who I thought was going to be number, I guess, if it was a fight fan doing the list, that's probably be who would, who would be number why it's, yeah. Put it that if I, if this was my list, I would have had Domi at one, Jimmy Mann at two. Uh, well, I, I would have liked to think I would have researched it, so I probably would have had Cronin at three, Kite at four. I don't know who I'd have had fifth. I'm trying to think. You try to scroll in, in my head, I'm, I'm, Old Jets guys. Winnipeg was never really known as having really. I mean, you had Brian Maxwell there, uh, Jim McKenzie. I think McKenzie was only there for one season, though. So that's kind of tough one. The guy's there for one year. Well, Gore Donnelly. Oh, yeah, there you go. I, yeah, I'd have Donnelly in there. Uh, for sure, I'd have Donnelly. Oh, hell, I'd have Donnelly probably third. Cronin fourth, Kite fifth is probably how I would do it. Um, yeah. But I mean, Donnelly, there's, uh, Donnelly, I think he's in the, I got him in the freaking Bob Probert Invitational. Here I am forgetting. He, I'm trying to think of Winnipeg tough guys and I completely forget about him after putting him in my tournament. Um, I, yeah, I was a massive Donnelly fan, but I, for some reason I was thinking Don, yeah, Donnelly in Quebec. Yeah, Quebec, Winnipeg. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, but yeah, Keith to Chuck. Like I said, I don't, I don't know it, it, what their criteria was. Like, if it was just straight up fighting ability, no, I would not have to choke anywhere near a top five list of, of Winnipeg Jets fighters. Um, in terms of power forwards, okay, yeah, he's probably him. Uh, who else would be a power forward with him? Boschman, McDerm- Paul McDermott. I'm a massive Paul McDermott fan. I don't think I'd call him a power forward though. Um, I don't know how much McDermott fought. I don't think he fought much. He did a little bit. I always thought McDermott was more known as a hitter, I think. But I was, I was a massive Paul McDermott fan. Um, but, yeah, in terms of power forwards, yeah, I guess the Chuck would be probably one of the best power. I mean, it's a shame. Don't, they don't even play in Winnipeg. I think he played one year in Winnipeg. And then, of course, then they moved to Phoenix. So, I know this exercise is about the, the original Jets. So, um, yeah, outside of that... Winnipeg was never really known for their toughness in terms of organizations. Um, they were always sort of on the softer side. So, um, yeah, again, like I said, this, this, I, I didn't research, uh, like if this was my list, I would have researched it and had numbers and everything to give you guys. So, um, like I said, at the start, right, I'm discovering this with you guys. So off the top of my, I'm, again, this is all just stuff I'm pulling out of my head here, but, um, yeah, McKenzie only played the one year. I mean, Big Jim, you could put him on any uh, top whatever list. I don't think anybody's going to complain about it, nor should they. Um, so, but I mean, after with only one year, eh, you know, I get it. You kind of want a little longevity in there. But uh, yeah, 
Keith Chuck. Yeah, I, I don't know what who. Again, I don't know if this is an author or if it was just a, a Facebook group, but it was a group vote. But um, I, I don't know which, in the spirit of how they came up with to Chuck to be number one. But um, but they were going. Hey, Kite, Cronin, Domi, you, you were strong for a couple. I was with you, but then you threw me with uh, Manson. And T- but even Manson, I mean, I could see you know reputation and oh he's crazy and he he's a killer and all that you know i mean there's people that to this day still think that so i okay i i i can see why they would bite on the manson thing but keith the chuck yeah i'm again keith chuck's another guy that i'm I'm thinking i don't i don't can't remember any memorable keith the chuck fights to be completely honest no i don't actually so um yeah, again, great player, without a doubt, obviously, great player. Uh, wouldn't take shit, he'd hit and play physical. I mean, he's a guy everybody would want, so I'm not, there's no deny, no no doubt about that, but uh, in terms of, like I said, if this is all about pugilistic ability, no. But uh, anyway, guys, there we go. There's the top five uh, Winnipeg Jets all-time fighters, according to, uh, what was it now? When I lost it, where's my... Jets Nation. Again, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. But uh, thank you, um, uh, Mike, for sending that list. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, well, there we go. Uh, 50 minutes. Wow, hey, we'll keep this under an hour today. How about that? You know? Um, yeah, guys, like I said, it's, uh, you know, just got back from the lake. Um, uh, busy catching up for the first couple days and um, had some shit going on around here. So, I uh, didn't have a lot of time to uh, prepare to get a guest and and do that type of thing. So, um, I again, I apologize for back-to-back, air quotes, solo episode. Well, the other episode I recorded because I was at the lake. So, um, you're just lucky I gave you anything. Or maybe you're unlucky. I don't know. Maybe maybe I should have, maybe I should have uh, you know, taken time off from podcasting, too. There's some people that would wish I should per- take a permanent vacation from podcasting. But, uh, uh, anyway, guys. Um, I am talking to a few guys about coming on the show in terms of player interviews. Um, other than that, um, like I said, I, this uh, easy for you to say. This Sunday, um, not sure what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to do a solo episode. Um, I would like to track someone down and do an interview. Uh, hopefully, uh, one of these cats will answer one of my my messages and I can get a guy on if not uh I'll come up with something to talk about um we'll see but yes next Wednesday will be the Bob Probert Invitational uh preview show and next Saturday the 3rd will start the voting process so I'm really looking forward to that but uh anyway I'm gonna get out of here I'm gonna wrap this up thank you guys very much for tuning in if you're on social media follow me fourth line voice on Twitter as well as fourth line voice F-O-U-R, you got to type it out. Um, on Facebook, uh, give me a follow. I'm always putting up videos and pictures and uh, general shenanigans go on on those groups or in the, on those pages. So, um, And if anybody wants to ever get a hold of me and you're not on social media, congratulations, you're smarter than the rest of us. Uh, but if you want to get a hold of me, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Drop me a line. Love to hear from you. Uh, good, bad, or otherwise, if you have ideas for the show, a list for the show, um, you want to come on the show, if you have a story to tell, uh, please let me know, or if you just want to say your show sucks, 
<laughs> Send your cards and letters to hockeyfights at hotmail.com. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I hope you guys have a great rest of the work week. Like I said, a couple more days. We're into the weekend. And uh, all right, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Like I always say, I know there's hundreds of podcasts, out, hundreds of hockey podcasts out there. It seems every day there's a new retired player coming out with a new show. And um, the fact that you chose to listen to my my show, I greatly appreciate it. I really do. I know we joke and laugh on the show and everything. But, no, like I would say, the fact that you chose the fourth line voice, um, I can't thank you guys enough. And I really do appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, as long as you guys stick with me, I'll keep, I'll keep making the episodes. So, um, anyway, guys, enjoy, I hope you enjoyed this. And, uh, as I enjoy always talking to you guys and, uh, Sunday, I'll talk to you then. Thanks everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?